been a few weeks since our last podcast. I don't think we've done any since the NFL draft, but we are in full force gearing up for the season. We're going to start with our quarterback primer today, and we have a very special treat, special guest analyst, Jimmy Brinkman. Jimmy, how you doing tonight? Not too bad. How about you? Good, good. This is your first foray into podcasting, it's my understanding. Yes, I believe so. Well, you've got a good, strong connection, and uh, let's talk some quarterbacks. So uh, the first thing that I want to talk about today for our listeners is I, I think this might be obvious to a lot of folks, but there is a little bit of debate. Who's your number one fantasy quarterback heading into 2021? Oh, I think that's got to be Mahomes. I can't really imagine any much of a debate there, but he'd be in a tier of his own t- for me. I've seen some folks suggesting that it's Josh Allen due to the due to the rushing upside, but you're not buying into that, huh? Not really. I mean, I love Allen, but I would think to me behind Mahomes, I would put Allen, Murray, Dak, and Lamar probably all in their own tier. I wouldn't really. If you want to tell me Dak is two or Kyler's two, I'd have no problem with that other than Allen or Allen up there as well. But So if Mahomes is your number one guy, uh, assume that, that everything we talk about is going to be for a standard league, uh, half-point PPR, so a standard 12-team league. Where would you take Pat Mahomes in a league like that? I would think probably mid-third would be about where I would start looking for him. I've I've been doing several drafts on uh, mock drafts on Yahoo and on ESPN so far, and there's a broad discrepancy in where Mahomes comes off the board. On Yahoo, he is a late second-round pick, and on ESPN, he's a late fourth-round pick. And you're basically telling us you'll just split the baby and take him right in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if he's there, even in the beginning of the fourth, I consider that pretty good value. But end of the second, that's that's too rich for my blood. So – in, on both of those sites, the second tier of quarterbacks right now, they, they've kind of got uh, Mahomes and Allen bunched together. One tier, although Mahomes usually comes off the board first. And then the second tier of quarterbacks is starting to come off the board in round five. And that group includes Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. How would you stack that group up? Say that one. So it was, you're talking about Dak, Kyler, and then Lamar. Those ones. And Russell, and Russell Wilson as well. And Russell. Yeah. I would definitely. I would take Kyler at the beginning of that or Dak. I could see either way. I'd be fine with that. Um, yeah, probably eh, early, early fifth to mid fifth for those. Lamar, I wouldn't even consider till the sixth round. Probably. Wilson. Ugh, I would. I'd put him in a tier below them as well. I think I'd rather have Herbert than Wilson this year. Okay. Well, that takes us right into our next tier. So tier three on most of these mock drafting sites as of right now seems to be uh, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Jalen Hurts. Knowing what you know now, who is your preferred target in that group? So uh, right now, are we assuming Rodgers stays with Green Bay all year? And I'm I'm assuming we're also assuming Watson doesn't play a single game this year. Right, yeah. I mean, for for purposes of this, I think he's Mm – Uh, We're assuming he's not going to play, and we're assuming that Rodgers is playing 17 games in Green Bay. Okay. So that tier three, so you said it it was Rodgers, Wilson, Brady. No, Rodgers, Hurts, Brady, and Herbert. Okay, Roger. I would like Herbert the best from that tier. Um, Then after that, I'm going to go Rodgers, Brady, 
and then Hurts. Hurts, I don't. Hurts is interesting to me this year. He's. Uh, I really don't know what to make of him. What do you think about him? You know, Hurts is somebody. What I, I can see why he's being ranked among the top twelve quarterbacks. He obviously mm-hmm. gives you that rushing upside, which is the Konami code uh, in fantasy football. But he's the sort of guy that I would really want to have as my two and hope that he pops rather than as my one and know that I have to rely on him because he's somebody that could just as easily get benched for Joe Flacco or Nick Mullins by week four. I agree. I would like, he'd be the kind, I think he'd be perfect if you could get him with somebody like a Stafford or a Tannehill, get someone that you know is going to give you a solid, decent production, not going to win your league. And then you could have Hertz on your bench. You possibly could be a top five guy. But, but even then I'm probably taking Stafford or Tannehill as my one, right? I mean, I don't think I'm taking them as my two. Oh, that's true. Now you'd have to, yeah, with the way the ADP is going right now, you'd have to take Hertz before either of them. Um, let me look at it right now. At least this is according to Underdog's Best Ball ADP. At least they Hertz is going at eight right now. Yeah, Tannehill eleven and Stafford twelve. So yeah, you want to yeah you want. So it sounds like that. you're going to have to choose between one of those three guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you could do something else. What I would kind of like too is if you wanted to reach for Hertz, you could wait back and take Ryan Fitzpatrick later. I think he would serve the same purpose as those guys, but he's a lot cheaper right now. He's going as a QB twenty one right now. That's true. That's true. I, I think that the the elevation of Hertz is people getting too cute with this rushing quarterback idea. Um, you know, we've seen rushing quarterbacks in the past who aren't necessarily great. You know, we, we've got guys like Tim Tebow, right? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because they can run doesn't mean that they're going to be a fantasy asset. And you've always got the risk of them getting benched just because they're not good throwers and can't keep their team in games. Yeah, probably a more accurate way that you could do that situation I was discussing earlier would really be to get Stafford and then maybe take a shot at Trey Lance later um, and just hope Stafford could keep you afloat until he wins that job. And then he could possibly, you know, down the stretch, um, could really pay off big, especially because San Francisco has a very, very easy schedule for the fantasy playoffs this year. Yeah, I'd be much more comfortable with that as taking somebody like Stafford or Tannehill or even Matt Ryan. And then pairing them with one of the rookies who are, you know, thought to have rushing upside mm-hmm. like Justin Fields or Lance, yeah. then then invest in Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Herbert? You told me you hit Herbert at the top of that class. What makes you like him better than, say, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? It's hard to say. I think he just offers uh, he he's offers a lot of upside too, especially with his rushing. Um, their line got a lot better this year. Um, I just love Keenan Allen and Mike Williams there. I just think he has the ability to really hop up into that next, you know, that next tier. Um, but of course, Tom Brady is safe. I, I mean, I can think I could easily see him improving on his last last year's performance of forty touchdowns, no problem. But you know, there's just no rushing upside with, with Brady and Rodgers, really. Well, Brady's also forty three years old. I mean, sooner or later, Father Time's going to catch up with him. We've been saying that for about a decade, but uh, <laughs> at some point, it will prove true. Okay, so here's one that's right up your alley uh, for the late round quarterback truthers. Who are your targets last this year? If you're one of the last couple guys in your league to take a quarterback, I think Fitzpatrick is my main one right now. If we're talking like going like really late, Yolo um, balls. This year, uh, this year, I really like just maybe not going full late round, but doing a little bit later into getting Stafford. He's would be my main one right now. I would, I like getting him, but yeah, if you want to go really late, I think Fitzpatrick's a good target. Um, but after that, I mean, some of the, 
I don't know. Tua kind of scares me this year too. I'm trying to look at these guys that are later down there. I don't really want Cousins this year. Don't want Baker. Yeah, so I think I'm going to probably try and reach up into that, you know, Stafford, Burrow, Brady tier. Um, and if not, then just maybe wait for Fitzpatrick. But that's about how I'm approaching it this year. So let's talk about the rookies. Uh, and, and we'll kind of go into this in a little bit more detail than some of these other topics. But which rookie quarterback, first of all, do you think is going to finish with the most total fantasy points this season? Well, I think that's probably just – it's got to be Lawrence just because he's the one that's guaranteed to start the most games. Um, but if you were telling me, uh, you know, Trey Lance is guaranteed to start week one too, I'd say it's him. But I think just if we're talking from pure just how much Total points they're going to get, it would have to be Lawrence followed by Zach Wilson. Now, you said you picked Lawrence because he's the one that's guaranteed to start the most games. But, you know, Wilson's probably going to be starting every game this season too, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah. That that just goes um, when you look at the weapons involved there, too. I just think Lawrence is set up much better position than what Zach Wilson's going to be thrown to. Okay, so similar question, but which rookie quarterback do you think will finish with the most fantasy points per game? So that'll take into account the guys that don't start until week five or week eight. I would say Trey Lance with that, just with that assumed um, rushing upside he's going to have, especially in that Shanty offense. Even though he's never played at a high level of competition, right? That doesn't – I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I'm with you. That seems to be the biggest knock on Trey Lance is people saying, well, I've never seen him play before and he never played anybody. Well, so what? I mean, uh, Phil Simmons played at Moorhead and won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And just look at the situation he's going into. I mean, you, we're talking throwing to Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. I'm sure they'll be getting the ball out quick. And then there'll be some design runs for him as well. So, I mean, I think – Not only that, up. I mean, the offensive line there is incredible. It is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so looking at these guys, the five rookies this year, uh, it sounds like you like uh, Lawrence and Lance the best. What round would you be willing to take a rookie quarterback in a redraft league this year, a one-quarterback league? Ooh, um, I don't know. The pro- That's just the thing with Fields and Lance. See, they're my two favorite, but those are the ones that we don't really know when they're going to get – you know, when they'll actually be starting. Um, so – like I said earlier, I would like to get one of those guys as my second guy. I don't know, depending on how the draft went, maybe, I don't know, maybe like the eighth or ninth round. I don't know if they're still going to be there then, though. Um, Lawrence, I could see going a little higher, uh, but I still wouldn't be very comfortable with him. I don't know if I'd want him to be my quarterback one, and I don't really wouldn't want to take another rookie to go along with him either. Yeah, and I guess that kind of leads into my next question is if if you're picking it, if you're one of the last guys in your draft to be taking a quarterback, are you comfortable with Trevor Lawrence as your as your top dog this year? I don't think I would be. No. Okay. What about now, you? I don't know. I, I can see the upside. Uh, I'm not as sold on his weapons as you are. Obviously, I've, I've long been a big DJ Shark fan, but. They still have no tight end for that offense. You know, tight ends are a rookie quarterback's best friend. It's that safety blanket. Mm-hmm. They don't have uh, a, a – well, I shouldn't say they don't have a, a proven third wide receiver, but I think the jury is still very much out on LaVisca Chenault. He showed he can do some different things in, in sort of a Debo Samuel light capacity last year. But can, can he take that leap? I, I know they signed Marvin Jones in the offseason. Uh, I want to see it before I buy in. Marvin Jones is over 30. 
it's typically not a magic elixir to sign over 30 receivers to fix your wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think we just have to see it. Obviously they drafted uh, Travis Etchen, you know, in the first round as well. Mm -hmm. Is he going to be the pass catching threat for them? It sounds like they want him to be, but there's a lot of uncertainty in Jacksonville. I certainly don't buy into their offensive line. And so I, I just want to see it before I buy in. I'm probably not going to buy in strongly enough to get him this year because I just don't think I can take the plunge as my quarterback one. And I think that's where he's going to wind up getting drafted towards the back end of those top 12. Yeah, I think, yeah. Right now, he's they're having, he's at 14 right now. I do think that'll move up. I think I can see him be at the, you know, but come August, be going above guys like Stafford, maybe even Tannehill and Brady too. Right. Because right now the only people doing drafts are the true degenerates like us. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, the, uh, the common, you know, rank and file fantasy football player starts getting into these drafts in August, they're going to go with the big names that they know. And you know, there's going to be some people that are excited about Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Let's see where he's going right now real quick. So, on underdog, yeah, he's going at base 9.8 is where he's going right now. And I can just not, yeah, no, that's too rich for me. And it may even rise above that as we yeah, get closer to draft season. Yeah, that nine point that nine point eight pick is um, the QB 14 right now. And like we were saying, yeah, I think it will, will go up. I'm with you. Give me a steady Eddie like Matthew Stafford, who, you know, his time in Detroit is probably his floor. I think he could even improve in a Sean McVay offense. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let's change topics. Let's talk about fantasy zombies. Which quarterback that has been left for dead are you most interested in this year as a potential league winner? Potential league winner. I I guess um, I'm not very high on this, but I could see Carson Wentz. That would be my one. I would guess right now he's going as 22, at 22, QB 22. I think he has kind of been left for dead, like you were saying. Um, there's a chance with that line, and I, I'm thinking these might be the best weapons he's ever seen, and they might be, you know, they're unproven between Pittman and Campbell. And Well, obviously T.Y. is there, but Pittman and Campbell could both take leaps. T.Y. might still have a little something left in it. Yeah, I think, I think Wentz, if he could return to his formal, you know, that one season where he made that MVP run, what was that in seventeen, with Frank um, Reich? Yeah, I think uh, I could see that. I, I mean, I don't put the odds very good, but that would be my my zombie to pick. Sure, uh, I, I'll give you three other names to consider. Tell me who you like best out of this group. Uh, you've got former MVP Cam Newton. You've got uh, former uh, top passing leader Jameis Winston. And number one overall pick. It's two number one overall picks in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, who they've just surrounded with weapons this year. Jones was the next one that was coming to my mind. It was between those two, who I was going to say. I could see that with, uh, yeah, drafting Tooney, bringing Kenny G in, you know, another year in the system. Um, I definitely feel like he's been left for dead. So let's talk now about fantasy backups. I'm going to give you four names, okay? And I want you to tell me of these four, Four guys. Who would you be the most excited to own this year? Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger. That would have to be Ryan, I think. Um, I know, obviously, losing Julio is a huge, <laughs> huge hit, but uh, gaining Kyle Pitts, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, over those ones, I, that's what I – because you know their defense is still going to be terrible. They're still going to be throwing the ball a ton. Um 
then when you get to about Cousins, you know, they did improve their defense this year. This is still a um, a team that wants to run the ball first and play defense. So that, that's who I would pick. You know, that's interesting. I think in that group, Ryan might be my last choice. And that that's because I don't agree that they're going to throw as much as they did last year. They signed uh, former offensive coordinator Arthur Smith from Tennessee to be their head coach. And he ran one of the most run-heavy offenses in the NFL last year. So I think they're going to try to take much more of a ground-and-pound approach, not that they necessarily have the running backs to do it. But uh, he certainly has a history of trying to curb the number of passes that his quarterback is throwing. So I could see a definite dip in production for Matt Ryan this year, not only because they're losing Julio Jones, but also because they, they just may very well throw less. I could see that happening too. I, I do think their defense is still going to be terrible. And yeah, maybe they do with Arthur Smith coming. Maybe he does want to try and make Mike Davis a little, you know, Derrick Henry 2.0, or it could have just been they ran the ball because they had the big dog. So um, tell me what you think about Roethlisberger. You said you put – Ryan, the bottom of that list. Roethlisberger is probably the one I'd be most excited about. Um, you know, he's old. He plays behind a terrible offensive line. I think he could get really beat up this year, so it's going to be a question of whether he makes it through the season. But just in terms of weapons, he has the most talent around him. I mean, I think that's undeniable in that group of Ryan Cousins, Carr, and Roethlisberger. Oh, Roth- hands down, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got, you know, three wide receivers who could um, – all easily finish among the top 36 in Claypool, Juju, and Deontay Johnson. They just got him a new toy in Deontay, or excuse me, in uh, Najee Harris. And then, you know, it's been overlooked, but they got him a tight end in the second round, Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. to go along with Eric Ebron. I mean, this guy is totally loaded uh, with weapons. And even if one of those uh, receivers goes down, he's still got James Washington to step in. And James Washington, by no means a world beater, but He's probably a lot better than most teams' number four wide receivers. This is a guy with second-round draft capital associated with him that is a true deep threat. So, oh, yeah, he can still take a top off a of defense, that's for sure. Yeah, they, yeah. they can lose one of their top three guys and mm-hmm. still not skip a beat. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk post-type sleepers. If you had to pick one of the five quarterbacks to be a top 12 quarterback one guy this year, who is it? Sam Darnold. Tua Tagovailoa, Baker Mayfield. Darnold. Okay, you said uh, that pretty pretty convincingly, no hesitation. Why Darnold? For, not that I'm very high on him. I really just don't want a piece of either of the, the other two of them. Um, we look at last year, Teddy Bridgewater was still able to have a somewhat decent year, and that was hardly thrown any touchdowns. Um, I think Darnold's obviously in the best situation he's ever been in. Um, he's doesn't have Adam Gase to deal with anymore. He's in with a true, true, um, a good mind running that offense there. He has, th- he still has, he has a connection with Robbie Anderson still. DJ Moore still there. Ah, um, obviously CMC. Yeah, I just think he's he's in the best position where he could. And if the if what we're looking for is just someone to squeeze into the top twelve, that's that's who I'd pick out of that three. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold generally is a terrible player, and a bet on <laughs> Sam Darnold is a bet on Joe Brady, right? Because yeah, absolutely. Joe Brady made Teddy Bridgewater look competent, and Teddy Bridgewater has not looked competent since he played at Louisville. And Joe Brady guided Joe Burrow to a Heisman Trophy and all sorts of passing records. So if Sam Darnold doesn't make it happen this year, he probably washes out of the league. 
yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say. Now, you know, to, to play devil's advocate, the guy I like here is, is Tua. Um, you know, he's a guy that going in the, what, 2019 college football season was looked at as the consensus number one pick until Joe Burrow had his historic season and Tua had his injury. And, you know, he's still young enough to turn things around. There were concerns last year that maybe his performance was related to his hip still healing. And there were some uh, there were some graphics and, and short videos circulating on Twitter showing how he couldn't quite open his hips up all the way to throw. And if that's something that's permanent, he's probably never going to make it click. If it's something that he was just basically playing through pain last year as he still healed, uh, I think he could be a totally different quarterback this year. I mean, we, we've seen all too often quarterbacks that get written off after their first year or two in the league that all of a sudden explode. I mean, the recent examples would be Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Guys improve, right? Guys yeah. can get better. And the uh, the Dolphins, you know, for all the years that they've been a laughing stock, really seem to have a good plan in place with the current GM and coaching staff. They're they're building their team in a smart way. They're compiling multiple first-round draft picks, and they just keep adding talent to try to make these guys succeed. I mean, what what better way to make your quarterback succeed than to give him a wide receiver he was successful with in college? They could really have a high-flying offense this year if they've got Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller clearing out defenses having Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki do the dirty work underneath. I'm, I think he's a guy that people are sleeping on. I really do. Yeah, I like to, let's see. Where's he going right now, too? He's basically he free. Yeah, he is 18 right now in the quarterback ranking. Would you – so he's a guy I'm assuming you would def, – would you be comfortable with him as your QB1 or are you still no, waiting? No, no. take him I mean, to high-end QB2. You know, QB2, more ideally a QB3. I mean, I, I think that he's a guy that I, I can see you taking him at the back end of the, the quarterback two tier, but ideally you get him as a three and he's somebody that can pop. I really see no difference in somebody like Tua and somebody like Jalen Hurts. You know, so it's absolutely insane to me oh, Jalen wow, Hurts okay. is going as a quarterback one, you know, top Tua has almost fallen out of the top 24. I, you know, they, they give you the same type of upside because people, people forget that Tua ran a little bit in college too. You know, this wasn't a guy that was a statue. So, you know, the, the idea that hurts in a four game sample size or whatever it was that he started last year, everybody's excited about that for a guy that completed less than 50% of his passes, which is absolutely pathetic in the modern NFL. And then somebody like Tua, who had tremendous accuracy in college and was basically playing in his first year while he was still rehabbing a major injury and people are writing him off. I'd much rather at the cost, I'd much rather invest in Tua than in Jalen Hurts. That's a good point. I just looked it up. So and especially when you have Tua's going right now is 11.85 is his ADP and Hurts is up at six 6.5. So, yeah, you're getting him over five rounds later. And I right. Mean, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good argument for where, Tua. Where you're drafting Prepared. hurts, mm-hmm. you're still using valuable draft capital. When you're drafting Tua, you know anything in those double digit rounds, you're just hoping to get something that sticks, right? Yeah. I mean, how many picks do you do you have after round ten that those guys aren't on your roster for more than a couple of weeks? Oh yeah, first time there's a hot wave wire pickup, you're dropping most, some of those guys anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I like that Tua call. 
All right, let's uh, let's stay down south. I want to ask you a question about the New Orleans Saints. Who is yeah. the more valuable fantasy asset this year, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? I still think it's got to be Jameis. I just think he gives you uh, he gives you a chance to actually if he can win that job. Um, I mean, you know, we've seen this guy throw thirty touchdowns, throw for over three thousand yards before. I still think. Um, obviously he doesn't have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans anymore. Really all he has is um, Mike Thomas, but he'll also, be, he'll also be dumping it down to AK-47. And um, so I don't know. I, I still taste some help, but I guess the problem with Jameis is, you know, Taysom's still coming on the field in those goal line packages, you know, so you, you, there's some possible touchdowns get taken away there, but I just can't. I just can't really imagine ever having Taysom Hill on one of my teams this year. I want to buy into Jameis because we've seen what he can do when they, when they just let him play YOLO ball, right? But there's two things that give me pause, or really three, because you, you mentioned Hill coming in in uh, goal line packages. But the, the thing I can't get out of my head is what is Sean Payton going to do when Jameis has one of those three or four interception games? Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. This isn't the Bruce Arian system where go ahead, air it out. You throw three picks in a in a half. I mean, that happens sometimes. I cannot see that being okay with Sean Payton whatsoever. Well, even in Bruce Arian's system, when when he was doing that, uh, you know, or, or was it Dirk Cutter, the coach? Then I mean, he got he got yanked for Fitzpatrick when he would throw all those picks. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a rotating door. It was musical chairs. Whichever one of them was throwing a multi interception game was getting benched, and Get the other benched. one was getting brought in. So if you told me that Jameis was starting the whole season and they were just going to sprinkle Hill in for some goal line packages, I'd be totally comfortable with Jameis Winston. But I've just got this gnawing fear in the back of my head that's like, well, you know, this guy may get benched for the season if he can't hang on to the football. I mean, or can you see a situation also that happens where they they rotate series almost, or you know, or it's not just that Taysom's coming in for goal line back. Maybe he'll actually get a series here or two throughout a week, you know. Well, and it's just- exactly, exactly, and that's what you know. Like I said, concern number one is the goal line packages. Concern number two is him getting benched, and concern number three is the fact that Jameis Winston was a New Orleans Saint last year, and when Drew Brees went down, they did not have Jameis Winston start the games. They had Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's yeah. So, yeah, that know, we, we've sense. seen we've seen what Sean Sean Payton likes to do in a world without Drew Brees. He likes to have Taysom Hill under center. Yeah, I I I agree. Jameis has more upside, but I just I just don't want to. I don't think that's a situation that I even want to have anything to do with this year. I agree. He's the sort of guy that could be a league winner, but I don't know that I'm ever going to touch him early enough to get him on one of my teams. Yeah. All right. Final question as we wrap up the quarterback talk is Sean Watson draftable this year I don't think in a a standard um, redraft league I wouldn't touch them um, in a you know a league like that we're in together where everyone's required to roster four quarterbacks and it's a keeper league yeah sure I'd take a shot on him at maybe QB3 if he's sitting out there still but no standard redraft league I can't imagine taking him so standard redraft, you know, no chance um, in a in a league where you're required to roster four quarterbacks, you would. But what's the earliest you'd take him in that type of league? Because cool. he's certainly got league winning upside. Yeah, I would take him. Um, like I said I'd probably take him 
as my QB three, if I had say I had two solid guys ahead of them that I, you know, I didn't think I'd ever actually need to dip into my QB three throughout the year. I do, I do it there just because I think it's even if he he didn't play a game this year, I'd still think it might be worth it in a keeper league for next year possible. Like you said, who knows? He ends up at Denver next year. Uh, he could, oh yeah, he's a keeper. I think it depends on your roster construction too. I mean, if you're a team that has two solid starters, uh, you know, in in front of him. It makes it a little easier to draft him because it doesn't matter if you get anything out of him. But if if you're the team that drafts, say, Jalen Hurts as your quarterback one and and Kirk Cousins as your quarterback two, I don't know that I'd be drafting Deshaun Watson. Oh uh, no, yeah. So say like if say I draft Stafford and Fitzpatrick, I'm trying to think of two two people that would be plausible to get um, as someone that waits on quarterback. I could see me getting those two as my QB one and QB two. Then yeah, I'd have no problem. I'd be fine with those two through for this year, stay having Stafford and Fitzy. I'd yeah, throw Watson on my bench and see what happens. Now, when you go into a standard redraft league, do you go in with a plan of when you know generally what range you're trying to get your quarterback, or does it vary draft to draft? It varies draft to draft. I can't, I hate going in just saying I'm get, taking X person and X round because you never know what happens. I mean, there could be a run on quarterbacks early and, you know, maybe I'm reaching for a guy that I thought I could have got two rounds later, or maybe nobody's taking quarterbacks and maybe I step into a tier that I normally don't step into. You know, if, if Dak is sitting there and end around six, I had no plans on taking Dak, but I'm, you know, I want to take the value there. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I'm certainly one of the folks that's always been beating the late round quarterback drum, but late round quarterback is, is all about value. And so, you know, if you've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers that drops into round eight, well, I don't take, plan on taking my quarterback by round eight. But when you have somebody fall into your lap like that, that's dropped two or three rounds from where they're typically projected to go, you got to scoop them up. Yeah, I think the market is also starting to swing the other way in terms of late round quarterback. I just know like a, my wife's family league that I'm doing right now, you know, four years ago, it quarterbacks were going round one and two regularly now it's you know it's getting more towards the more towards everyone's waiting yeah I, th- I think it's the the pendulum has has swung uh towards waiting but then i think it's also started to swing back a little bit i noticed that last year that uh the you know the longer we do this the smarter the fantasy football community gets the more content they digest you know and the more information that they take in and, and it makes everybody better at it but I think what I was seeing last year is that uh, the market was finally starting to value rushing quarterbacks appropriately. And so I think you, you see that carry over into this year, you know, Jalen Hurts being the most extreme example, but guys that can run a little bit and add some value with their legs are tending to go a little bit earlier than what we would have seen in the past. And so you're seeing a lot of quarterbacks come off the board. Probably half the teams are going to have their quarterback before the end of round six. Yeah, I think that Lamar's, Lamar's 2019 season really did that. I think that changed a lot of, a lot of people's opinions about late-round QB. I, I agree, and especially because that was followed up by Josh Allen having a great season last year, mm-hmm. and, and everybody knew he was a good rushing quarterback, but he was kind of the anti-Lamar. Lamar, you know, burst onto the scene because he he started throwing a lot and, or, and, and rushing a lot. And then uh, Allen was known to be a rusher, but he started throwing. So when yes. Lamar made his bones with the run, Allen started to make his bones with the pass. And so 
people, I think, had confirmation bias that bought into Josh Allen as the quarterback 11 or 12 last year, were rewarded with a quarterback one season. And they say, oh, okay, I'm just going to jump on the, the rushing quarterback every single year. I think that's what's driving this Jalen Hurts hype train. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Allen was a quarterback until last year. He had never even hit 270 yards, I believe, in a game, and then went out through how many 300-yard games last year. Yeah. Stephon Diggs will do that for you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jimmy, this has been fun. Appreciate the insight. And uh, until next time, signing off.